0: Uh, comes first right now, so second king, and uh, I pray that we can build the message. Say something that you can take home tonight. What do you think? Turn to your neighbor and just say, Hey, I gotta take something home tonight. I gotta take something home tonight. Yes. Okay. I think we all understand the doctrine of total depravity. Do we? All right, turn to your neighbor, check it out. Do do you believe in the doctrine of total depravity? Huh? Romans 7, is that? Hi, Pastor Sterling's here. Good to see you. Barbara. Wow. What's a song that we used to sing all together? What was that song? I forget it. I know, who I, am. I, I know who I am. I know who I am. How many remember that song? Yeah, wouldn't it be fun to sing that tonight? Oh, I don't know if that's going to happen, but anyway. I, I know who I am. Okay. Uh, total depravity, Romans 7:18. I know that in me that is in my f- flesh dwells no good thing. Uh, we are we are complicated Uh, we have guilt when we don't even know it Um, we easily get ashamed we want to belong to a group I was thinking in school low grade school first grade second grade third grade when you had a little math test and you got one wrong or two or three and then you just uh, look over at your neighbor's paper and you change, or before it's corrected. You know, I got that right, I got that. It's hard to face uh, the fact that I am wrong. Could that brother just said amen, stand up right now? (laughs) Okay, okay, so yeah, we have a hard time in different ways in our lives. And there are things inside that trouble us that are sometimes unresolved. So uh, I want to kind of go just simple message, point one and two. One is something about us on the inside. And this is Second Kings chapter 4. The woman who had the son. As Elijah prophesied, and, and the son died, my head, my head, Second Kings 4.19, the boy said that, and, and they, they said carry him to his mother, and they brought him to his mother, and he sat on her knees till noon, and then he died uh maybe you know the story I, I i know that when you first read the bible you start to read the bible and so it takes time to process the story and um and to realize what it what it's saying well the boy died and the woman went to get elijah and was something troubling the woman was something troubling her? It was something deep inside in her heart? Was she brokenhearted? She lost her son. So along the way, as she went, uh, people saw her rushing along, and uh, and they said, "Is everything is okay?" And she said, "Yes." Verse twenty-six. Uh, pray I run now I pray thee to meet her and say to her is, is it well with you is it well with your husband is it well with the child and she answered it is well now one lesson in that is when you have something in your inside deep heart, troubling you do you share it with everybody uh, she didn't she didn't share it, a lot of you said no right away, like no, I think, I think that's true and important. Uh, but sometimes the people that have trouble on the inside, they do do a lot of talking, and maybe they do unload, and they do, and, but, and they do it, but maybe not to the right people. Uh, and maybe even I might carry something for years, on the inside in my heart and I'm not I'm not talking about it I'm not sharing it so that is something we do as people but I want to I want to take that idea and teach something to you tonight so chapter 4 and then she said in verse two, it says let's repeat again when they said is everything okay with you is everything okay with your husband is everything okay with the child? And she said it is well. Why? She just didn't want to talk about it. She wanted to go to to the man of God. She wanted to go to God. She she had something she had to deal with. Um, there could be other reasons why people are not talking, and I, I am of that of that ilk. To like not do a lot of talking about our problems that are on the inside but I am of the opinion that if I could put myself under the ministry of Elijah that maybe he will know maybe he will know if I could put myself under the ministry this is the ministry of God now when when Jesus Christ came here we see God ministering to people and he was able to go to like those areas where people are really living. He was able to minister to them and this is a gift that God gave that we see it operating in Christ obviously as the head of the church, as the son of God, as the all-knowing God, the wise God. And isn't it precious to think that we have our God who cares about the inside? How about it? Come on, isn't that good? Our God cares about comforting us, for he sent the comforter, and he knows us. Uh, even in, when Jesus said to Nathaniel, "I saw you under the fig tree, I saw you there. Remember? In John chapter one. Uh, Christ could perceive, He perceived uh, that the disciples did not understand him in Mark 8. Uh, he knew that the Pharisees didn't really know the Bible. They said they did, they taught it, they believed it, but he said, "You don't Have you never read Matthew 12:3? Have you never read Matthew 12:5, and how is it you don't understand Matthew 12 verse 7?" They didn't really know. So uh, that, that's one point. They, now we are in the church, and God has ordained for us to have gifts operating in the church in the body of Christ to help us. And, and to, to be honest, like Spirit-filled people were not interested in hearing information that could be used for gossiping. Like we are not gossipers, that's very important. And by the way, we have new people coming into our church and they have to learn that we don't gossip. And you have to tell them that we don't gossip lovingly. You're not policing people. But if, they start, if, they start, if there's gossip and talking about things, then just say, just a second, let's track that down. Give me the name of the person you're talking about, and let's bring them in here. I like that principle. Somebody calls me up and wants to tell me about somebody and I go, uh, before you start talking, let's bring that person here. Just so that you, uh, you're not talking behind their back. Guys, I know you don't want to do that. You don't want to talk behind their back. Let's talk with them in, in, our, in, in their presence. How about that? No gossip. The churches are messed up by people that gossip and drive people away that are looking for God. And this is what's happening in the story. This woman is looking for God. Now, my, my tone of voice is the way it is, and I'm happy for it, but I also want to say I'm very kind. <laughs> All right, so let's read, this, read the text. Verse 27. But when she came to the man of God, to the hill, she caught him by the feet. But Gehazi came near to thrust her away. Now, if you read the story, chapter 4, chapter 5, you don't like Gehazi, and I don't like him either. I don't like the guy. I don't like the guy. It's a disappointment. I don't judge him. I'm the same. I supp- We're all the same in the flesh. But he- Gehazi is misreading things. He doesn't have it. He doesn't have the heart. He doesn't have the power. He's, he's there with Elijah, but he's not learning much. And it looks like uh, now he wants to push the woman away. And this is what Elijah says. This is good. He says, let her alone, yea God, let her alone, for her soul is vexed within her, and the Lord has hid it from me, and has not told me, isn't that good, what does that mean, there are people that come to be with us, to be with you, and to come and be with us, and we don't know, what they're dealing with, what they're fighting with on the inside, or what, is, what they have to handle. We don't know. And that's a blessing. The Lord has hid it from me, or I don't know what the, what's happening with this person. I don't know, but leave her alone and, and let her come and be here. And she talks to Elijah and opens up her heart. And that's beautiful. So there, there's a there's a message there, isn't there? Something to think about there. Then she said, verse 28, Did I desire a son of my Lord? Did I not say, do not deceive me? Because he had died, remember? It's almost like, I don't want this pain. I wasn't asking for a son. I got a son, and then then the Lord took him away from me, and I I didn't want to get into this You know, she's just hurting as a person and troubled. And then then we have the miracle happening. Okay, let's go to part two, is Matthew 5. And then part three, and we're done. Matthew 5. Verse 23. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and their remembrance that your brother has aught against you. Well, I want to worship the Lord, I want to come before the Lord, but there's some kind of unfinished business that needs to be taken care of in the Lord's mind. The Lord is saying in my heart, Your brother has something against you. Could you go to your brother and get that settled? Verse 24. Leave your gift there before the altar. Go your way first. Be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Now this is probably has to be explained with so many cases, so many different, different situations where we all can find ourselves in some kind of a place where in our heart we have to process what is happening in our heart regarding our brother or what he has said or what he has done. I don't wanna overemphasize this, but I wanna bring it out That it is something that God can say to you in your heart. You do have something in your heart, and the Lord wants to put it on the table. Put it right out on the table in front of God. And then he wants to lead you in how you are reconciled to your brother. I have offended my brother. I want to be reconciled. So I say, please forgive me. Go to the next verse, twenty. 25, agree with your adversary quickly, your math teacher. Agree with your math teacher when you're in third grade, quickly. No fight with her. She's right, you're wrong. Agree with your adversary quickly. Agree with God, your adversary, quickly, right? Agree with the Holy Spirit quickly. Your brother, your sister, that are in the Spirit, that brother and sister in the faith, the Spirit of God in the body of Christ, agree quickly with the body of Christ. Be part of it. Drink the same Spirit. Draw near. Be part of it. Because God is at work in the body of Christ. I want to be part of that I want to have the same spirit, so I want that to be happening in my life. Look at verse 25. Agree with your adversary quickly while you are in the way with him, lest at any time the adversary deliver you to the judge, the judge deliver you to the officer, and you be cast into prison. Now, I've always thought of this in a psychological sense that I, I refuse to be reconciled. I disagree. God he turns me over like in a process. I'm delivered to the adversary. They have the authority, they are right. I am proud. I resist it. I am I'm delivered to the judge. I find myself condemned by my own conscience or by others and the judge delivers me to the officer and I find myself in this in some kind of prison in this life. Why am I in some kind of prison in this life? Because that inside stuff that happens in, deep in our hearts, uh, just because people talk about it, it doesn't deliver me. Just because people uh, put all their stuff out in the open. It doesn't. I don't have what what I want. What what we need. What we all want is something that we could say in Song of Solomon is what what Jesus is saying to us. So this is the third and last part of the message. Turn to Song of Solomon. <clears throat> In chapter 2, verse 8, the voice of my beloved. Who is that? Jesus. He's the beloved. The voice of my beloved. That's where, that's where we want to go. With all our baggage, everything about us, you know, I, I feel I'm in a prison. Uh, my life is narrow. I got complaints about everything all the time, about people, about my circumstances. I don't, I'm not thankful. I'm not, I'm not rejoicing. I, I'm not spirit-filled. My, my prayers don't seem to have any weight or authority. I pray mechanically or religiously, but it doesn't seem that I have any joy in it. Let's go to the prayer meeting, and I'm like not so interested. I don't have joy, and I don't delight in it. Let's go out and share the faith. Let's go into all the world and share the faith. I, I hear that people do it. I'm very happy that they do it, but I, I don't have their kind of life. I got my problems. I got, I got a real life I'm living. I, I'm troubled. I'm I'm, I don't talk about it, but I got troubles in my heart. Somehow. Yeah, well, this is a good thing to recognize that I need to hear another voice, the voice of my beloved. Hey, does that voice exist? Is God a talking God? Is God given us His Word? Is there some level of the Word? Where the psalmist said, I delight in your word more than gold and silver and precious. And uh, is, it, is the word actual honey in your mouth? And what's the other one? Honey in your mouth and uh, gold in your pocket in Psalm 19. Honey in the mouth is like immediate gratification, satisfaction, sweetness. And then gold in the pocket, I'm walking around with a credit card, max, premium status. You know, wow, I got something. That's God's word. God's word is like that. So the voice, what does the voice say? Verse 8. The voice comes leaping upon the mountains, skipping upon the hills. Leaping upon The mountains, skipping. Think of the highest mountain in the world. you know what the highest mountain in the world is? Hawaii. They are mountains. And you know how how high? 44,000 feet. What's Mount Everest? 29,000. Hawaii is bigger. God is skipping on mountains, and these mountains are like your life. Your life, my life, that becomes so important to us, they're like a huge mountain. And I will not forgive, or I will, I'm angry with God. He gave me a son, and then my son died. And when they asked me, is everything okay? I said, yeah, everything's okay, because I can't talk to them. But I gotta find Elijah. I gotta find the voice. I gotta find the word. I gotta find something to feed my spirit. Now build me up. Look at verse um, 9. My beloved is like a roe or a young heart. Behold, he stands behind our wall. What's the wall? The prison wall. What's the wall? A big, thick wall, 30 feet thick. A wall protecting me. Because on my math test, I always, got, I always failed in my math test, and the kids made fun of me, and I've got issues, and I hate school, and I hate my teacher, and I hate this, and I hate that. I'm only in third grade. Wow. Man, I got something ahead of me. I got to deal with my life through Christ, and Christ has to be real for me. Like, Jesus has to be bigger than us. Jesus has to come, you know, and say, from behind the wall, he's got to talk to us. Look at verse uh, 9. He stands behind our wall. He looks forth at the windows, showing himself through the lattice. We think of the cosmos as the lattice, the stars, the constellations, the size of the universe, and can you see God moving behind, excuse me, behind the lattice? Or a a microscope, an electronic microscope, and there's like the lattice there, and science and mathematics, and there's like a lattice there, and God is moving behind it. He's like, can you see me? Like, oh, many times when I see a fox where I live, I see it, but the fox moves so, he, it's like, how can is it? I can never really see him for too long. He's gone. It's like God. I see him and he is gone. But I saw him. He is there. We have seen God. We have seen God in the body of Christ. We've seen God in the history of the lives the lives of the saints. We have seen God in the anointing of God in the assembly. We've seen God in our Bible study. We've seen God in a miracle or a healing or an answer to prayer. We have seen God. We have. But he's behind the wall. Verse uh, uh, 10. My beloved spake and said unto me, Rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. You know, it's hard to believe that God talks like this to us, it's so tender, so precious. Come on, come and be with me. Rise up, my love, my fair one, come, be with me. Come on, rise up, Oh, where are you? Come, hear my voice, come. My voice is skipping, my voice is alive, my voice is living. Come, come on, be with me. Follow me, trust me. God, are you serious? Like, you actually enjoy this? So I get grandfather with a seven-year-old child coming into the room. And the grandfather sees the grandchild, and what is he saying in his heart? Come, be with me. Come, be with Sit on my lap. Come, be with me. Put your little hand on my face. What's the grandfather say? I love you, I want you, let's talk. The little seven-year-old girl comes. Can you believe that that is in our nature as people and that God talks the same way to us? Rise up, come away, be with me. I love you, I care about you, call on my name. I put my hand out, I touch you, I care about you, sit on my lap, I am God, and you are my creature, creation, made in my image, I made you. Now here's the thing, we are so complicated and troubled with ourselves, and our hurts and our pains, that we can't get away. And my my message tonight, and hopefully it touches you, come away, drop it. Forget about it. Rejoice in God. Put it away. Come on, in Jesus' name. Come on, draw near to God. Put on faith. Sing a song. Rejoice in him. Make decisions by faith. Believe God for more. Be draw, draw near to the body. Right, learn to live by faith. Well, what, what do you mean? Well, I don't know. Just come out from behind the wall. What wall is there in your, in your heart or in your life? I will never forgive him. I will never forgive him. That wall will not come down. You got to learn to hear the voice of God and forgive him and come away and enjoy your new life in Christ and so on. Isn't that good? That's true. I believe it. I'm not just giving a message. I'm tell, talking to you like from my heart. I'm telling you how I think it is in life. And and we're not done, none of us are done. We still have this, like, need to come away at different times in our hearts and be built up in it. For it says here, verse 11, "'Lo, the winter is past, the rain is over and gone, the flowers appear on the earth, the time of the singing of birds has come.'" Now, wait a minute. I do believe there are bad times that happen uh, I do believe there is a winter time, darkness where things die, trees die, flowers die. I do believe that that happens in our life and it's normal that happens. But I also believe there is this voice that's saying, and I don't know the timing, but God I can say to you, somebody may be listening online, I can say, we can say. Winter is past. The flowers appear. It's over. You're okay. God is here. He's calling you. He's calling you. Yeah, me? Yeah, you. Go tell Peter and the disciples that he is risen. And be sure to stop by and make sure that Peter knows that the Lord is going to meet him in Galilee, or however that went in there the history. But Peter is invited. Please make it clear to Peter, and uh, because that wall uh, is nothing to God, the walls that we build agree with Him quickly. Now let's close. We have a little exercise in our hearts. Can I say to somebody, "Forgive me"? I want everybody in our staff here on the, in this church to be able to be able and when they are confronted sometime they are confronted that they are able to go down on their knees and say please forgive me I was wrong or I'm sorry I hurt you please forgive me can we do it that's so important can every pastor in this country and around the world, can we say to somebody with a legitimate need that they have, they just need to be loved, can't we just say, I am sorry, please forgive me. And, and I want the best for you. I want you to be blessed, and I pray for you and love you. Wow. Yes, Lord. Speak to our hearts in Jesus' name about this, Lord, thank you, amen.